welcome to the Psych and Business Podcast, where we highlight the integration of psychology and psychological principles into the world of business and organizations. I'm your host, Dr. Ernest Wade. About a couple of weeks ago, I had the privilege of attending a symposium by one of our former guests, Dr. Carol Waslishan, who, if you remember, is an executive coach of CEOs and C-suite leaders. If you haven't heard her first episode, I strongly recommend that you listen. The topic of the symposium was on the role of the trusted leadership advisor, and it was so inspiring that I knew that we had to have Carol back to talk specifically about the TLA, a role that she has pioneered and advocated for in the world of business. So Carol, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Ernest. Good to be here. Loved having really glad to have you. Symposium. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to have attended the symposium. I mean, it was there was so much good stuff in there. I'm still you know working through and thinking about it. But I want, to dive, I want to dive right into the, the material here and start by just asking, why do leaders need the TLA? And why are you, Carol, so passionate about, about this topic? So, you know, this makes me think of uh, why does every professional athlete have a coach? And I could bridge from there to how I view this work. And the way I view this work is for my clients, these C-level leaders, it's the pursuit of mastery. We know they're effective. They wouldn't be in the roles they were in if they were not effective, if they were not smart, if they were not analytical, if they didn't have uh, you know, a wealth of, of relevant experience given whatever industry they're in. But there is always something that they can learn and it's usually in the behavioral dimension. And that's why, that's my superpower, I guess, helping people uh, examine themselves discover how they could be even more effective than they already are, the pursuit of mastery. Yeah, I really want to dive into that a little bit more because you talk about having leaders examine themselves in the sense of the pursuit of, of mastery. Why, why is that important? Why do leaders need to really understand themselves? You know, I think because in this 21st century sort of Darwinian business dynamic, it's not just about being the smartest person in the room. It's not just about having the most elegant strategy. It's not just about having the sharpest marketplace instincts. It really is about integrating all that what about business with how to do it well, how to inspire and how to motivate people in ways that will really get them aligned and excited about accelerating the company's results. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that what and that and that how. The what and the how. Well, I could say what and how. I could say it's integration of IQ and EQ. And mm-hmm. really, emotional intelligence is always a very important tool in this work with senior business mm-hmm. leaders. They've not been exposed to it. It's been popularized in the business press now, so it's popularized, normalized. But for them to examine what it is and what their version of it is, is where the thrill of this work is. And why? Why is it so important? Span of impact. Mm -hmm. Every time a leader learns more about themselves and how they're leading and how they could lead even more effectively, that learning cascades down through the organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that you know, once the leader learns more about themselves and, and is able to develop himself, you can really see that cascading down into the organization. Exactly. 
Yeah. Now, to, to do that kind of work, Carol, it seems to me like that they would they would really need to have a very strong relationship with their TLA in order to put themselves in that position to be vulnerable. Am I, am I reading that right? Well, you know, you're using a really very powerful word there, vulnerability. Mm -hmm. and I happen, it's my bias perhaps, but uh, I think a lot of my co colleagues share this point of view. Really effective leaders are comfortable with being vulnerable, but they're selective about with whom. And so that's Interesting. where the trusted, lead, you know, trusted leadership advisor come, comes in. Yeah. And so just to go back a little bit sequentially, the TLA assumes that role with a C-level leader after they've completed a successful coaching engagement. Mm -hmm. So they met the leader. There were some issues that that leader wanted to work on. They worked on them. They were effective. Progress was made, and at the end of that coaching engagement, the executive says, you know, I really want to continue. I really want to have this safe place where I can be vulnerable, where I can express all of my concerns as fully mm -hmm. as I would like. And there are very few people, you know, the higher they get in the organization, the fewer folks they have whom they can really speak to. They become isolated and they can suffer in silence unless they have a place where they can really examine and fully discuss the whole realm of concerns that they have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I like that approach by first having that executive uh, coaching relationship. You're, you're, you're building that relationship. You're building the trust upon which the TLA sits. Uh, am, I, am I capturing that right? Yes. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's trust, but it's um, it's a deep connection. It's not just a transactional kind of relationship. By the mm -hmm. time you've completed a successful coaching engagement, I mean I've had <laughs> I've had many clients say, you know, Carol, you know me better than my wife. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's not easy for these people to open up and to really express the full yeah. range of emotion that they feel given the relentless demand uh, that these roles place on them. And so yeah. we've created this safe place. It's an objective place. The TLA becomes a member of the executive's inner circle, just like mm -hmm. any other functional area, HR, IT, marketing, finance. You become really just part of that core set of advisors to the senior leader. Yeah. Yeah, so I think the way I'm hearing it, Carol, you're describing it really well because you're, you're describing the TLA as a critical part of that business executive team, right? And I think that's that's so important. So what 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 should I, if I'm an executive looking for a TLA, what should I be looking for in in a coach or consultant that should really give me that sense of security uh, and feeling of trust that this is somebody that that can fill that role for me? Yeah, it starts with the coaching engagement, right? So. You should be looking for someone who will take the time to integrate uh, mm -hmm. understanding about your company, your company's culture, someone who has had a lot of experience working with senior business leaders, and someone who understands the integration of IQ and EQ. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's critical. You want someone who has a model that they can articulate about how they do the coaching work. And then you want someone who's going to be open to form partnerships, not just with, with you, a working partnership with you, mm -hmm. but with your HR leader and your boss, because then that TLA will have 
an ongoing flow of collaborative information from the organization, which is really important. Mm -hmm. And you want someone who's going to look at you in a holistic way, not just you in that business role that you're in, but in the full spectrum of of your life's challenges and relationships. Mm -hmm. I think that's Mm -hmm. important. And um, I think empathy is also important. That, that you have a you, you you feel that you can trust and connect to this person in a meaningful ongoing way mm-hmm. yeah I, I like those uh, descriptives that you're you're um, that you're sharing there I think that's those are really important I specifically attach the empathy one I think that's really important to be able to to empathize with your um, with with your with your leader that you're working with as as a consultant or as a coach who who would like to get into this work, what are some of the things that I really need to be thinking about, you know, to help me prepare to make sure that I'm prepared for that work? Well, I mean, it depends on what your background has been. I mean, if you do not have a business background, then it's mm-hmm. really important to get grounded in what that world is all about. Um, mm-hmm. I think um, I don't want to say that this work is limited to people who've been trained clinically. Um, mm-hmm. My own experience, though, it has been a differentiator. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, behavior is the domain of psychology on right. some level, right? And so mm-hmm. uh, if you're not trained in psychology, if you have some training in the behavioral sciences, I would, yeah. I would express it more broadly. I think that's really important. And being able to integrate that training with mm-hmm. the reality of what business is all about. I think how, how has that, that training helped you, Carol, in this work? Well, you know, I, I'm going through my mental Rolodex of the people whom I've worked with and what the uh, catalytic moments have been. And the catalytic moments have always been about helping that client discover something about him or herself that they were not in touch with. Mm-hmm. Once it was surfaced, they could understand then how it influenced the way they behaved as leaders. So in my case, I do have a business background, but my clinical training uh, really, uh, what's the word? It really influenced the way I listened to a client's life story. So I always Mm -hmm. begin every engagement with a full life history. So Mm -hmm. I understand how my client moves through his or her lifespan from, Mm. you know, when they were kids, because, you know, (laughs) core elements of the personality are in place by age three, right? So Mm -hmm. uh, knowing how to trace that, knowing how to track the evolution of my client's life and the implications of all the things that happened for how they're leading now is a major, major plus. And it's it's part of the glue in, in the trust and in the intimacy and the connection that you make with your client. Yeah, I, 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 I love what you're saying there in terms of being able to look back across their whole lifespan because, you know, our, our lifespan and our experiences really influence who we are and what we do, right? It influences our behavior. So really having that information is, is absolutely critical. Uh, Carol, I, I'm reminded of one of the things that um, the, the guest that you had on um, said when, when somebody asked them, what is one of the things that they've most benefited from from this relationship with you as the TLA and the individual said that, you know, they, they just they don't they don't fear anything anymore because of their experience with you, which for me was very powerful to 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 hear that that experience with you 
um, left them feeling that way. I'm wondering from your point of view, Carol, what was one of the things that you really took from or and take from these relationships with the with the TLA? Well, you know, I always say if I don't go into every new TLA relationship with the expectation that I'm going to learn something, then I'm just going to be another arrogant consultant, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, that guest, uh, I mean, I had been working with him before his company was spun out of a large global company. And then I stayed with him for the eight years that he was the CEO. And, you know, I always say no one's ever ready for that job. But if you have a place where you can think freely and speak openly and expect to be understood and have someone help you connect the dots so that you will manage your anxiety when you're Mm -hmm. moving into that role, that you will coalesce your thoughts about how to do it and that you will learn how to interact with people in a way that is both steady, forceful, both. It's more than two. Steady, forceful, and humble so that they mm-hmm. stay engaged and, and um, inspired by what you're trying to lead. So that particular individual had a lot of anxiety and fear going into the role. And I think the journey that we traveled together, the deep dive into his life, the, you know, helping him, uh, what's the right word, be relieved of some of the shadows that can haunt us. All of that came together in a really exquisite way so that on that particular day, even I was surprised to hear him say he had no fear, but it was very affirming for the partnership and the the importance of the TLA role for someone as senior as that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's such a a great point that you're you're making there. Um, One of the other things that, that came up during the the meeting, the, the symposium that really struck me as, as uh, really salient was when you were sharing the quotes that you'd gotten from other leaders previously, and somebody mentioned that the TLA is a critical resource uh, that is essential for business leaders. And if you don't have one, if you don't have a TLA, uh, then you are not using all the resources that are available to you. Can you speak a little bit for, to that point, uh, really having the TLA and how that is really critical? Well, I mean, I think what people learn and what they acquire an appetite for is a resource that is really focused on the behavioral dimensions of leadership and how one interacts with others. And Mm -hmm. that it's not just a transactional kind of leadership style, it's a visceral kind of leadership style. Mm -hmm. That's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is um, the TLA has to be courageous and has to be able to tell the senior leader sort of when their baby is ugly, you know. Mm. Uh, And so I think the person that made that quote, uh, who was the CEO of a $20 billion global company, um, I think that's what she really appreciated. Uh, I mean, I happen to have been her TLA for a while. And, you know, there there were missteps with the team. There were moments when somebody had to say, wait, wait a second. Was that the best way to have that conversation? Mm-hmm. Isn't there mm-hmm. another way we can talk about that? Is there something we're not talking about? So mm-hmm. the truth telling of the TLA is really, really critical. Yeah, I, I like that that uh, that phrase of the truth telling. I think that's one of the the 
critical key aspects that the TLA can fulfill for a, a senior leader? Because when you get to that top, yeah. nobody wants to give you bad news, right? Nobody wants to contradict you. So I, I really think that the TLA can really step no, into that role. No one wants to risk getting fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it is really a very important role that the TLA places. And by the way, since there is so much trust that's been established over the years, mm-hmm. The executive is willing to hear, is more willing to hear what he or she needs to hear from the mm-hmm. play than they than than they might otherwise have been, because they know what this person is saying is in their best interest, is mm-hmm. the team's best interest, and if all of those parties are being well served, then the company is being well served. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great great segue there in terms of the company's best interest because I think one of the things that you you really uh, hammered when we were at the symposium was that the company needs to be involved, right? This yeah. needs to be an investment on the company's part because it's the company's benefit. Right. Can you talk a little bit about the the you know the investment there and the need for the company to be involved in that relationship? Yeah, I, I mean this is a really important point. I mean, in the ideal. The TLA executive relationship is a confidential relationship. I mean, there are things Mm -hmm. that get shared there, and there's a boundary that needs to be respected. However, that work shouldn't occur in a vacuum somewhere off to the side. It should involve the boss and the human resources partner. So the TLA has a flow of what I call collateral information that can inform the quality, enrich the quality of the work that's being done Mm -hmm. with the leader. Um, mm-hmm. And and so the company needs to know that uh, there's traction, that there's good engagement, that the executive uh, is fully invested in continuing mm-hmm. to leverage what was learned in the coaching, continuing to use that those insights and that information to be even more effective than they were before the coaching engagement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That partnership is really important, but there are great uh, challenges and demands in terms of how the TLA manages the boundaries of confidentiality. That's mm-hmm. a whole other topic probably. But again, being trained the way I've been trained, that's reflexive for me. So I'm very clear about how to manage that kind of information and those relationships. Yeah, and that you know that ties into one of the things that, that sticks in my mind when we ask this individual about how do they first feel when when they were when this was introduced to them in terms of having an executive coach and eventually a TLA, you know, leaders aren't always open to that thought and concept. And, and uh, this individual mentioned that they, they tested you a little bit, right? Because I think that's part of the relationship building. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he uh, I can't remember exactly what he did, but he um, he placed some information with me, mm-hmm. and he talked to his colleague and or his boss, I guess, to his boss, right? Mm-hmm. And didn't hear anything about mm-hmm. what he placed with me. So um, that was interesting. Yeah, I guess we need yeah. to stay alert for when we're going to be tested on truth, huh, Ernest? <laughs> yeah, I think that's critical, right? I think that it, it helps to build that trust yeah. um, in the executive coaching, which can then be leveraged in the TLA relationship. But, you know, that's not to say that there aren't times when you're in your – TLA relationship with your very senior executive, and let's say it's been two or three or four years now, and um, the, his boss, let's say his or her boss, is the CEO, and they say something to you about how your client really needs to be stepping up even more than he already has in terms of strategy, for example. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. say to the boss, 
I would like to take what you've just said to me directly to Ernest and tell him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he, I get, I get the okay. And then I can say in the meeting with, with, uh, Ernest, look, Mm -hmm. your boss really wants to see more from you strategically. Yeah. Where is it? What, what's the barrier? What's getting in the way of you participating as fully as you might in terms of um, mm-hmm. the plan that's being formed now? So there are moments when there are moments when your client may say something to you that you want to take back to the boss. So I'm very careful about when I hear something like that. I would say to my client, you know what? I'd really like to discuss that with your HR partner or with mm-hmm, your boss directly. Mm-hmm. And they will say, either say yes or no. And if they say no, I won't. But yeah. I will encourage them to have a conversation on the topic with the boss, mm-hmm. the HR person, whoever might be. That's an interesting, that's an interesting dynamic, right? Where I think the yeah. TLA, if you, if, if you have a CEO above you or you have a board or whatever it is right. above you, the TLA can, can help facilitate some of that conversation either directly with permission yeah. or indirectly by encouraging this individual to speak yeah. directly to those and just you know as you made the point of having those relationships um with the with other people around this individual really gives you the yeah. full the full body of knowledge and the, the full sense of different perspectives around this individual which you can then use to, to help um right. encourage it and, and work with this individual and the companies are pleased by that um that circle of collaboration because mm-hmm. often they're secondary gain for them there's learning yeah that they're gaining about this talented individual who might be on the CEO succession list or or CFO or some succession list. So Mm -hmm. managing information in that kind of collaborative uh, way, even within the boundaries of confidentiality, is a very, very special aspect Mm -hmm. of a TLA relationship with a senior leader. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think the the more and more we talk, the more and more to, you know, it just it's just so clear to me that this is such a critical role yeah. for leaders to have, right. um, you know, not just for them but for the people around them as well, right? I think this is a good way for people around them to be able to to provide some information to the TLA and trust that the TLA will use that information appropriately to to help improve the leader. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Carol, I know that there's there's a model around this, and I'm, I, you know, we I, we're not going to teach the whole model today. But it, you know, do, can you share with us some highlights from the model that I think are really important for others to know? Well, you know, I call it an integrated practice model, and mm-hmm. um, there are uh, three huge uh, elements involved in this model. The first I call states of presence, and what I mean by states of presence is your observation of your client what you see mm-hmm. when they arrive. And there are three uh, states of presence in the model. Crucible, when they're really under attack. Sanctuary mm-hmm. could really use some affirmation. And then if you're with them as they approach retirement, I call that state of presence personal harmony. And you begin to help them shape their thoughts about life after the big role. Mm-hmm. You heard mm-hmm. our guest address that a couple of weeks yeah. ago. The second big uh, element of the model is what I call model agility. And that's how you think about what you see when your client Mm -hmm. arrives for the meeting. And based on your thinking, it could be a cognitive behavioral intervention or step you take in the the meeting, or it could be something related to positive psychology or something from developmental psychology. But you're thinking about what they're saying 
in a way that's informed by some theoretical orientation. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. what do you say? And that's the third um, uh, chunk of the model. And I refer to that as four TLA role dimensions, echo, anchor, mirror, spark. And mm-hmm. with echo, that's a warning. Your client is saying something, telling you something in the meeting that is kind of a, a regression from the growth mm-hmm. that they had, and you have to call it out. So that's, that's yeah. the echo. The anchor is to remind them about some important progress they made and how there's probably a timely moment for them to step into that progress, remember that progress, and build on that. Mirror is pretty familiar. That's the truth-telling and holding up the mirror. But with mirror in this model, it's where you get to make choices about the information that you're hearing from the boss and the HR person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And then uh, Spark is you'll recognize moments when you could suggest that your client do something that could have some impact. An example, this time of year, I'm reminding all of my clients to be thinking seriously about what their year-end message can be Mm -hmm. or their Thanksgiving message can be to their their, uh, people, to their organizations, not just the the Mm -hmm. leadership teams. Yeah, you know what I, I love about about this model, um, Carol, is even if even if people don't understand the model specifically, if they don't have the training and the ability, I think what you're what you're doing here is you're pulling back the curtain uh, as to the work that the TLA does and the expertise that the TLA brings to uh, to the relationship, right? Because I remember when I was a leader, I didn't have time to think about these things. You know, I was just thinking about getting the work done and, and you know making sure that my people were successful. So having someone who is Thinking about all of these things for me and bringing that to me, bringing that to the forefront really alleviates me from having to do that because I know that there's somebody that I trust who I can depend on to make sure that I'm thinking about these things and that they're helping me to to calm down and to think about things that that I might have missed in the moment. So I really appreciate you you know, pulling back the curtain a little bit to show us what people are doing behind the scenes there. Well, you know, I'm pulling back the curtain for us. I'm pulling back the curtain for my clients with the overarching message of, I see you. Mm -hmm. I really see you. I I know about the warts. I know about the struggles, but I know about the progress. I know about the potential. I know about, I know about that runway, right? That you can keep traveling on becoming even more effective than you were when I first met you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's such a, that's such a powerful message, you know, like letting them know that you see them and that you're there with them. You're there to support them. I think that's sometimes just being able to verbalize that can even be enough, right? Because some leadership can be a very lonely uh, role. And so knowing that you have that support can be very powerful. Well, especially, you know, senior leaders. I mean, they're more and more isolated. They're, they are more mm-hmm. and more lonely. And um, and so where do you go? It's not ghost yeah. <laughs> that's 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 such a good point, uh, Carol. We could we could talk on and on, but I want to be respectful of, of your time. You. Uh, I want to ask you just a couple of things to wrap up. If I am a, a senior leader in the C-suite and I'm thinking about this role, and I think, yeah, this sounds really good. What what's my next step? Well, you should probably talk to your CHRO about uh, what resources they may be aware of in the broad uh, coaching network. I mean, I'm told there are like 50,000 coaches in the world right now. Mm. Now, I don't know how many TLAs there are. I mean, I'm, I'm working on trying to perpetuate that. Um, <laughs> but you should start there and, uh, and ask that person uh, whom they are aware of who's doing mm-hmm. senior executive work. 
Okay. And if, if I'm a coach and a, and a consultant and I've been doing this work for a while and I feel like, yeah, this might be something that I, I think I could be helpful with and I would like to step into it, what would you suggest? They should read my book, Destined to Lead. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what's what's the title of the book? Destined to Lead. Um, Destined to Lead. Destined to Lead. It's the only collection of senior executive case studies out there still. Mm-hmm. And each executive wrote a reflection on what the experience was like. Every one of those cases in that book is a TLA case. I would suggest that. And um, because I'm so invested, Ernest, in more people doing this important work, they should call me. They should contact yeah. me. I, I, I yeah. And, uh, and what's your what's email? Is email okay? Yeah. com. Okay. Awesome. Well, Carol, this has been amazing. I, I was really glad that you agreed to do this because I'm just, this is such a powerful thing that I think benefit business leaders and from coaches as well. I think this, this this has a two-way benefit for both parties. So I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. The world needs us, Ernest. I agree. I absolutely agree. I you know, that's my that's my approach. This is this is great work and we we want to share it. We want to be helpful. So uh, I look forward to more people engaging in this approach. Thank you. All right. Well, to our listeners, thanks for listening and I hope you'll join us next time. Thank you.